The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It's the Thursday edition of Talking Cowboys as we get you set for the Atlanta Falcons coming up this Sunday afternoon here on DallasCowboys.com. Welcome in, everybody. I'm live from inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios. You can see it back behind me, but we are virtual as always, or at least as always this year. Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, and the great Heckma Harrison as we break down. The great! The great! Yeah! Yeah, you you, you got a great. Uh, uh, There you go. The great Heckma Harrison. And breaking down this Atlanta defense versus the Cowboys offense today, uh, where we're really going to dive into how the Cowboys can look better on the offensive side of the football. And I know that's something that uh, is really a big question mark amongst Cowboys Nation right now. But, uh, Rob, the, the thing is with me is I'm pretty happy right now because there's some reinforcements coming on that defensive side for the Cowboys in the form of Jordan Lewis, seemingly, because he was a full participant in practice yesterday. And this is a cornerback room that really needs some extra help. And the fact that he's available for a game where you have to stop a Julio Jones, a Russell Gage, and a, a Calvin Ridley, that's something that sticks out to me because he's definitely one of those guys who can make a play on the football, Rob. Yeah, for sure. I think we talked about the how dangerous this Falcons receiving core is. And I got I kind of got yelled at in my Twitter mentions yesterday because I was like, hey, the injury report looks pretty clean. Only Jordan Lewis is the only guy on it, and he had a full <laughs> practice. And everybody's like, yeah, but they've got like 18 guys on IR. And, and you're right, they do. But that is, uh, that is encouraging to have Lewis full practice. That's a great sign for Sunday. I'm not sure exactly how that might affect the rotation because – you know, Anthony Brown was kind of in that nickel role last week, and that's mm-hmm. kind of been the battle between those two guys for a couple of years now who takes over the slot. But Lewis certainly can do it when he's when he's healthy, and I think he will be healthy because I think he got his boot off. He had that ankle injury. He had the boot off, I think, before week one. So I think he's been, he's been pouring towards full practice for a while now. Yeah, that's absolutely great news to, to hear that Jay Lou is, is back and – Obviously, prior to training camp and even before all this COVIDness, we knew that Awuzie and Lewis had to have a lights-out camp. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like both of these guys during training camp, they did that. Very unfortunate for the high ankle sprain for Jordan Lewis, but really fortunate for us. We get him back at a, at a, in a week that's really important, and especially with the firepower that Atlanta has. So I'm looking at Jordan Lewis to make some big plays this Sunday. Yeah, man, and fellas, I just like his. I like his energy, right? I like Jordan Lewis's energy. I like. I, mean, I like how tenacious he is. Um, I think that's something that's going to be needed um, this weekend against uh, this onslaught of receivers that obviously are coming to town. So, uh, kudos. I'm glad he's back. Uh, go ahead and throw him into the rotation. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of guys back there competing, man. And competition is never a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, and I think there's going to be some competition against Julio Jones. And I was just asked this fan, this question on the fan with Sean and RJ just a moment ago, and, and I was going to actually bring it up to you guys because I'm struggling with this in terms of who 
who out there do we put on these three receivers? Who do you want matched up against the Julio Jones? Who do you want matched up against the Calvin Ridley? And then who's the third that ultimately has to go up against Russell Gage? But, I, I mean, when I look at it, and this is my answer that I gave Sean and RJ, I said, I, why not throw Trayvon Diggs out there on, on Julio Jones? There's a lot of reasons why not. Sure, he's Julio Jones. Nobody's really going to slow him down. But I'm just saying that <laughs> that's it. when I'm looking at it, he's the most athletic one we've got back there, and he's also the, the longest corner we've got back there. Isaiah, if you have a rebuttal, give it to me because I'm not confident in it. Um, you're a very mean person, uh, Curry Cow. How you am I mean? mean? Because you want this, you want this rookie to go out there <laughs> and play against the best receiver the NFL has to present. Yes. By the way, who went against a doggone good defense last week, and he still put up 150 yards. Are you serious right now? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm 100% serious. It's, it's trial by fire. Let's do it. I, I, I really, he's serious I really as hope, a heart attack. I, yep. I hope you don't walk into Diggs in the hallway, because he's going to be like, why would you say that to me? Why would you do that to me? <laughs> Well, who else let's do you hope, put on let's him? Let's hope though? he doesn't say that. <laughs> come on, come on, Isaiah. If you're gonna do that, you know you got to give Diggs help over the top. He won't be. He won't be a one man army. Yeah. Versus Julio. Now, come on yeah. now. You know you got. You're, you're gonna give him help over the top, but he's got to get used to it. One of the one way or another. He, he's <laughs> our lead guy. There's, you got to put him out there. There's there's trial by fire, and then there's just death. Okay. You don't wanna, <laughs> <laughs> let's not throw him. He just got here. Let's not send him on his way already. Okay. We don't want to say. R.I.P. Diggs already. Julio Jones will have a complete field day. No disrespect to Diggs. You made it to the league and you're going to continue to get better. You're a great player. But we're playing against a great player. And not, not just a great player, like the greatest receiver that we no. have in the game today. Yeah. And I don't think that anybody can really dispute that right now. So let's not put him out there against Julio, even with help. Because we've seen Julio get guarded. Nobody just goes man-to-man against Julio. He doesn't no. happen. No. Right? Well, it doesn't I, don't, happen. I, don't think, I don't think that's what we're talking about. Man-to-man yeah, yeah, but, but, with Trayvon. But, but, but with that, right, Julio Jones is still the best receiver and undoubtedly in this in this league right now. And he he never faces simply just man to man coverage. So think about that. He always has help over the top and he still is Julio. So, yes, we might give. Yes, Dixon go out there You're and do it again. And, it's just dumb. It's just dumb Isaiah, do you're doing it again. Doing I'm just, again. I'm just saying. Hey, I, you guys know, I am a realist. If anybody out here that's listening, y'all can come at me all you want to. I am a realist. Okay. Don't do it. Like, so, hey, hey, there's a great poet by the name of Andre Three Thousand. He said, "Don't do it. Don't do it. Reconsider. Reconsider. Read some Read literature. literature. Don't do on it on the subject. <laughs> love it. I love it. So wait, you you got Julio Bub Hopkins, best receiver in the league? Still? Yes. yes. Yeah, I would I agree. Probably do too. Just yes. because. Just because of the, it was like Megatron in his day. It, there's just yeah. nobody that can match up with him. Now, to play devil's advocate, and I'm not agreeing with Kyle, but I'm just playing oh, devil's, okay. devil's advocate here. Trayvon, Digg, Trayvon Diggs is 6'2", and he's drafted to be a guy that eventually, eventually can maybe match up with some of those larger receivers Agreed. in the league. Uh, but, yeah, we too. Not today. Yeah. I, not I don't, today. That, that might be a Cheeto matchup for me. Thank you very much. You put Cheeto on him. You put Cheeto on him, and you give Cheeto help, just like you give everybody else help. You know, I mean, just like you, 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 everybody else gives help whenever they play against Julio. And you take your chances. You roll your dice against Ridley and Gage. You try your best to eliminate their number one resource. You take him out the game, and you trust that you have enough talent on that side of the ball to handle everybody else that they have on their roster. But you Even do with- not, you do not let their number one beat you. 
even with help over the top, you don't trust your rookie in that situation, Isaiah. No, no, not against Julio. See, okay. look, look, just just look at it last week. What did he do last week? I oh, thought he did absolutely. okay. I mean, but still, that that's uh, who who Diggs or, or Diggs. Julio Jones? Julio. Oh, Julio. Yeah. No, okay, Julio yeah, Julio was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that happened. At at some point, where where do you, when you're I guess when you're strategizing for this, do you say, all right, Julio's going to get his, but not everybody else? Is that the yeah. mind state going no. into a game like this? No, you go you go the opposite. You you, you ensure that Julio does not get his, mm-hmm. and you trust okay. that that your that your other guys on your depth chart can handle the rest of their lineup. I would much okay. rather lose to Ridley and Gage going off than Julio going off. That's just that's just how it goes, right? You trust okay. that your defensive line is going to handle Gurley in the backfield. You trust that your DBs and your and your scheme, right? Well, Mike Nolan is going to handle Julio. Now, guess what, Jordan Lewis. You figure out how to handle Gage. Whoever else, step up and you handle Ridley. And we roll the dice and we go to work, right? That's what you want to do. You do not want to give this guy an opportunity to get going because it's not just Julio Jones. You still have Matty Ice placing the ball in the exact spots for only Julio to catch the ball. So let's not just think about it. Just It's just receivers out there running routes on DBs. It's also a matter of the quarterbacks throwing them open whenever they may not be open, apparently. Remember, heck, it's not a Chrysler here. We're not dealing with just a Chrysler. <laughs> no, no, no. I know exactly the one that we're talking about, and that's what I'm saying from a schematic standpoint. Would it be better that we say, look, we're going to obviously double this guy. We're not going to send someone out there to die by a thousand paper cuts against him. Uh, it's going to be a situation where we double him, but at the same time, these other guys, I believe, are manageable. If we're going to go Wouzier against Jones and then go with Trayvon uh, Diggs uh, against uh, Ridley and, and Gage with our nickel corner, I trust that. I yeah. trust that. But at the same time, it, it's, it's just a give and take. It's going to be a situation where you know a veteran receiver like Julio, you can't just put the clamps on him and shut him down completely. He's too good. His game's too good. So uh, that's that's just, you know, my, my feeling on it is that that's the approach that we have to have going into this Sunday. And if you Were missed... Were you guys encouraged by what Diggs did in week one? Sorry, Kyle. Yeah. I mean, I'm encouraged by it. What was, what was the question? What'd you say? Oh, I'm sorry. Were you, were you guys encouraged by the way Diggs plays? What played what Absolutely. he did in week one because I, I i was I, I mean if he were three inches taller he might have had a pick yeah uh, <laughs> and and i thought and i thought he battled you know but I, I, the way the way the rams scheme things up i i mean yeah nobody could yeah i mean they're, it, they're all over the place i mean but, yeah. but going but going into this week rob like Diggs had a good a good week one why would you take his confidence down Right. Don't take his confidence down. Build his confidence. Put him out there on Ridley. Okay, listen up. You did a good job this past weekend. Nah, let's go ahead and step it up. Now you're sticking Ridley. Right now. That's your responsibility. Don't put that on a rookie to handle Julio. I don't think there's any team in the league. I don't care what rookie it is. It's going to put a rookie on Julio. Okay. It's just not going to happen. Okay. It's just not smart. Going off of that, by the way, for those of you listening, if you haven't checked out Wednesday's episode, we talked a lot about cars. We talked about Bentleys and Chryslers and how Julio the Lamborghini <laughs> of the group. But here's the thing. So, Isaiah, if you're not willing to take that fresh car straight off the lot, driving it straight off the lot to go race the mm-hmm. Lamborghini, would you be more willing to throw a classic car on there? What about branding car is what I'm talking about whenever you're talking about specifically putting a veteran out there to maybe cover Julio Jones? Yes, absolutely. I'll okay. put branding car on Julio and give him help. I would honestly... Uh, it's not just our DBs that have their their job cut out for him, right? Obviously, our defensive coordinator, Nolan, he has to figure it out. And I would personally, if I was a D coordinator, I would 
put two, cover two man on that side of the field. Wherever the heck Julio's at, I'm going to sit a defensive back on his inside shoulder that's closest to the ball. I'm going to have that guy turn his back to the inside of the field or turn his back to the quarterback. His job is simply to force Julio Jones to run any route outside. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you also have a safety over the top that helps it just in case Julio runs by you. So you're essentially pinning him and saying all your routes can only go in that outside five yards, outside the outside the hash marks, outside the the numbers and to the sideline. That's where all your routes can be ran. And that's all we're going to allow for you to do. If you come inside, we have help. If you run by us, we have help. And you eliminate him out the game and just limit him to just those routes. Everybody else. Go play ball, and you expect you, you we're we're expecting our defensive line to come back and have a heck of a response to their lack thereof this past week. I know D Law is hungry. That's it. That and that's and that is the key because if you're talking about Julio Jones on you know out routes and all that, Matty Ice is gonna Matt Ryan is gonna have to have time uh, to do that and go through his progression. So our D line has to get pressure this week. They have to. Last week, man, just look and be smart. Just if you looked at the game, you you realize, man, everything that golf was doing was quick throws. Those little mm -hmm. five yard dink and dunk, and those guys were taking it the rest of the way. And I think that any quarterback in the NFL would like to throw a five yard pass and see it. Go for 30 yards. So yeah. we definitely have to stop that. Rob, is there a chance that we see a lot of Brandon Carr because of this then in his first week back, even though it really hasn't been that long since he was actually plucked up off of the free agent market? It's a great question. I'm not I'm not so sure. I think I don't think they wanted to really put him out there week one. He didn't have a training camp. Yep. And and I think as a vet, 12-year vet, I think he put he could have gone out there and played, but I think they wanted to give him another week. Um, maybe he works into a rotation there. I mentioned yesterday, you know, uh, Isaiah mentioned Hurst, the tight end for for Atlanta. That That's a, a type of matchup that I think Brandon Carr could thrive in potentially. I think we saw Daryl Worley uh, take the tight end mm -hmm. last week, and maybe that's some a way he could he could get in and get some snaps. Um, but it's it's such a... There's so many numbers at this position. I'm not sure exactly how they're going to work them in unless they just make a change at safety, which I don't think they're they're going to do week two. And Rob, and Rob to your point, and Kyle, I guess I, I didn't answer fully answer your question. Mm -hmm. uh, with Carr being a 12-year veteran, right? He's he's your most experienced defensive back that you have now on this entire side of the ball. Yeah, and he has faced more number one receivers than Trevon Diggs has ever dreamed of, right? So the the fact that he knows the ins and outs of number one receivers, he knows what Julio's done because he's faced them before, right? He knows what these guys' schemes are. He is so much more prepared to handle a situation such as this, which is, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, this is a must-win game for the Cowboys. Mm. This is a must-win. <laughs> All right. In, in week oh, you're two, right. In week you're two right. Because, because you're going to Seattle next week. Right, so this is a must week win, a must week, uh, must win week for the Cowboys. And I know it sounds silly going into week two. We have some some teams that we can definitely scrape up going past that. But these first three games are important. So you cannot afford to miss on this opportunity. And if we were to come back next week on Monday and talk about, oh, Julio Jones went off for 175 yards because we decided to let him just do what he does, we would be we be very very sick as Cowboys Nation. So would you consider? You know, the talk has been you know Brandon Carr comes in. Maybe helps the numbers at safety. Would yeah. you consider playing him at corner potentially? I, I put him right on Julio. Okay, I put him right on Julio because there's there's nothing that Julio's going to do that that Carr has not seen, 
right now. Can he fully adjust and cover him? Nobody can cover Julio. So you're not losing anything there. But in terms of schemes, in terms of making sure that other DBs know what's going on, in terms of seeing things on the field and combination routes and being able to help guys be prepared for what's coming, Carr is the most prepared person aside from Worley. <laughs> This is the same team that had 300-yard receivers and lost by 13 last week. That's true. It's crazy. That's a very good point, Heckma. Very good point. Just because these receivers are having success doesn't mean the team has success. If you can put up points as well, which we know the Cowboys can do, it could pay dividends for them moving forward. Now, we're going to talk about that Cowboys side of the football. Offense versus defense. Is Kellen Moore going to get more creative with his play calling? We're going to talk about it next here on Talking Cowboys. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more, do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay? Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to Talking Cowboys. Cowboys, glad you're with us here on DallasCowboys.com. We're breaking down the Atlanta defense versus that Dallas Cowboys high-flying offense that only put up 17 points in week one, but we're going to get past that, and we're going to talk about how they can get better in week <laughs> Two, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, I'm Kyle Yeomans. And guys, uh, like I said, there was some disappointment around this offense. Uh, play calling, offensive line, not really getting your playmakers the football in space. There were quite a few different things that could have been upgraded from a Cowboys perspective. But Heckma, we're going to start with you. What was the number one thing in week one that has to improve going into week two? Third down efficiency. Mm. We have to get better on third down. That's uh, and I'm sure you know Dak Prescott. That's on his mind because that's a quarterback stat, and it just felt as though. And, and let me just 
back up here a little bit. I realized we had those penalties that just stymied those drives and when we were still in momentum, but we were awful on third down and we have to get better in this game. Rob? Yep, totally agree. I agree with you, Heck. I think that third down efficiency, I mean, you don't you don't give yourself a chance to win ball games if you only, only convert 25% of your third downs. It's just not, not set up for success unless you're just making big plays all the time. Uh, but uh, I think that we have to control the line of scrimmage. I, I don't – if we don't – if our offensive line doesn't control the line of scrimmage, then we have zero chance. Um, obviously, there is a disruptor, um, the, the best disruptor in the league right now um, in terms of uh, with, with the Rams last week. And Aaron with, with with Aaron Donald, um, but but you know, aside from uh, a physical specimen of a force like that, we don't face that this week. But collectively, I think that the Atlanta's defensive line plays better as a whole in their yes. in their scheme that they yeah. play. So we don't have to worry about just one person. You have to worry about two or three people now because of the scheme that they play um, uh, behind these guys and the, the, as much movement as they have on this D-line. So they, they, we have some work cut out for us, and we have to show up this week. Otherwise, there's no chance. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Tack, Tack McKinley, Dante Fowler, they had some success up front yeah. in week one. It's just there were some, some busted plays on the back end for Atlanta in week one. I think that's that was a big thing. For, I mean, that game was a two-point game at halftime, and it kind of got blown open. I'll, I'll take it a step further from, from third down and say red zone. And I wrote, wrote about this yesterday. It's just when the Cowboys have not been able to convert inside the 20 consistently, they lose games. They were 1-7 yeah. uh, in games last year when they converted at 50% or less, and they were at 50% on Sunday night, and they lost. So it's 1-8 going back to last year. They just – you know, they pile up yards, you know, 380 yards, almost 400 yards. They would have been well over that if, if that Gallup play counted. And yet they're not matching that with the points. So that's the biggest thing to me. They've just got to find a way that CD lamb play. They've got to be able to cash in. Yeah, I think I would be right there with Heckmo whenever he's talking about the line of scrimmage and Rob, you're mentioning it as well, but you have to be able to control the, the Tack McKinley's, the, the Grady Jarrett's of the world. These are two top-level edge rushers. They're not necessarily the household names like an Aaron Donald, but they're both ascending players, and they're both guys that got to the quarterback in week one uh, against Seattle and the, the oh, Russell yeah. Wilson offense. But uh, if this is going yeah. to be another game where Terrence Steele is starting at right tackle, are you worried, Rob, about potentially having – problems over there at right tackle I know we kind of talked about this a little bit yesterday but in watching the film and looking at what Terrence Steele did he stood up for the majority of the the plays against that Los Angeles Rams defensive line but is he able to do it two weeks in a row that's that's a big question I I, I'm with you I I thought he battled in the game and and you know it wasn't really until I think the Leonard Floyd sack late where Mm -hmm. it really showed up you know, I, I mean, you know, he had some trouble during the game. They all did because Aaron Donald was everywhere and he was pushing three guys around at times. <laughs> but um, I think for his first time out, you know, it, it, there was definitely some progress there. But, yeah, it's something you've got to be mindful of. We talked about it yesterday. You, you may need some help, some chip help, whether it's a running back, a tight end, somebody on that side. So, you know, we'll see what happens. And 
Um, it, it's definitely something to watch because, I, like I said, and, and like Isaiah said, they have guys who can get to the quarterback. You know, it's just I, I think as they fell behind in the game, it was harder to probably get on get pressure on on Russ as the game went on on last Sunday. Now, Isaiah, I know you actually were on the Seahawks roster back in 2010 whenever Dan Quinn was the defensive line coach. Any stories that kind of stick out from your time there and, and what you remember about Dan Quinn? Now, of, of course, he ended up becoming the defensive coordinator, and now he's the head coach. He's been the head coach for quite some time. But what stuck, stuck out to you yeah. a decade ago whenever it comes to Dan Quinn? Quinn likes to have fun. He's a high energy coach who wants to get in your face. Um, obviously, he's passed off his uh, defensive coordinator duties over to over to what Raheem Raheem uh, Morris and but mm. they're both aggressive, right? They're both aggressive. I mean, these dudes these dudes got some juice in them now, both of them. So I um, mean, you can see that in last week's game against Seattle, where you know we're gonna have to beat man coverage. You know, so there's there's, there's pros and there's cons to that. This defensive line is collectively better than what we faced last week, and they can get pressure um, up the field. But it actually hurt them last week against Seattle as well because guys were able to beat man coverage and, and make some plays. So, um, you know, we're going to have to figure it out on the, on the offensive line side of things because Quinn is going to bring the pressure. He's going to bring pressure. He's going to step up in your face with his DBs, and he's going to challenge Cooper. He's not threatened by any of these guys that we have. He's not threatened by Cooper. He's not threatened by Gallup. Mm. He's definitely not He's definitely not threatened by CeeDee Lamb until he shows him some more. So these guys are going to get up in your face. They're going to put hands on you at the line of scrimmage, and they're going to trust that their front four can get to your quarterback before you have an opportunity to, to break open as a receiver. Um, so if we can block it up, if we can block it up and these and our receivers can beat man coverage, then we're going to have an opportunity at some big plays. I don't really see in, I really don't see us chipping away, you know, just moving the sticks. I think that this game, if we're going to have success in this game, I think it's going to have to come in the form of big plays and that's going to require this offensive line blocking up this front four. Heckma? What? Hey, well, you know, I don't know Dan Quinn personally, so I don't have any stories for you, <laughs> Dan Quinn, but I can just go based off of what I know about the defenses and Raheem Morris. Again, another uh, a very aggressive defensive coordinator as well. But Tack McKinley last week had six quarterback hits, which was t- tops in the NFL. And they also get Dante Fowler from the Rams who had a, you know, 12, 12 sacks last year. So they have some guys that can hunt. But it's their guy, Grady Jarrett. If we're going to do a comparison mm-hmm. uh, between – and we're going to, it seems like we're going to talk about Aaron Donald every week because he impressed, <laughs> impressed the heck out of us. But uh, Grady Jarrett, he's, a, he's that high-energy guy. Man, he is so strong at the point of attack. His hands and feet work together. He's ripping guys and getting to the quarterback. He's a run stuffer. That's what he specializes in. And, and when you look at his numbers in comparison to Aaron Donald, He's right there as far as the statistics. I'm not calling him Aaron Donald. I'm just talking about the numbers. But when you talk about when you talk about the one-on-one matchups, and that's where I think the rubber meets the road for the Cowboys, because if you're going to give our receivers one-on-one on the outside, specifically, especially Amari Cooper, I'll take that. But also, there's another matchup that I think is really going to be interesting. Deion Jones. Uh, for the Atlanta Falcons out of LSU, 6'1", 225 pounds, very aggressive linebacker, but he plays more like a rover. He's going to get one-on-one opportunities with Ezekiel Elliott in the passing game, and that's where I feel like we can exploit them. But, guys, we have to play bully ball. We have to play bully ball, and we have to run this ball. Time of possession is going to be very important because the best defender that we have for Julio Jones is the bench and Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, I you're not it. wrong. And, now, and just to piggyback too, 
on that, uh, sorry, Kyle. Yeah, go for on, it. On that, um, you know, winning those man coverage battles, DK Metcalf blew the game open for Seattle. He beat, the jam, he beat the jam. It wasn't a good enough jam from Isaiah Oliver, and he was gone. 38 yards, touchdown, and that's that's the thing. You want to play man coverage, the Cowboys have three guys who can win on any given down. So That was, that was, on, that was, that was on fourth down, by the way, too, Rob. Exactly. That's, that's right. Mm-hmm. Fourth down play, you think you have them. So, you know, the Cowboys, there's going to be some opportunities. By the way, the Falcons have a, have a rookie cornerback as well yep. that they're going to yeah, play a lot. So. How, you know, which which secondary can be more consistent? That's a big one. And, and like you guys said, too, controlling the line of scrimmage. Okay, so now that we've kind of talked about the defensive side for, for an Atlanta team that needs some help defensively, like I said earlier, they gave up 38 points and uh, really uh, quite a bit of yardage as well there last week, 322 passing yards uh, along with 84 rushing yards. They were good on the ground, but through the air, Russell Wilson really kind of tore them apart. Now, Offensively for the Cowboys, we, we mentioned that the offensive line has to get better, but really a lot of the conversation this week has been centered around Kellen Moore and the play calling. It seemed like it was back to the conservative side of things that we really saw at the end of last year, and that's what was really frustrating for a lot of Cowboys fans. But, Rob, when you look at this play calling and, and really the the entire uh, body of work for Kellen Moore, is there something that's concerning with you, or is this just really the, the way things were against a, a team last week that was destroying you on the offensive line? Um, no, I'm not as concerned with it as some people are. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, yeah, I think maybe there was a little bit of surprise. They didn't have as much pre-snap motion, some different looks pre-snap. Maybe some of it had to do with the fact that you're playing a defense. You're not really sure what you're getting from them. There's no, there's no tape. There's no tape on them. Um, so maybe it'll change as the weeks go on. I do think you have to remember the way that the Rams played. Their safety's back. That affects your ability to go down the field or at least you have to make adjustments off of that. You have a rookie right tackle that you want to protect. And so I know there's, I know there's been complaints about you know, running too much on first down. I think they tried to be balanced to help out their line you know, and, and, and get some balance established there. So um, I'm not that concerned about it. The biggest thing for me is the yardage is there. they got to finish drives and finish mm. third downs um, because I th- they're able to pile up yards. It's turning it into points is the biggest thing. And, and Rob, just to get just to give a little bit more background for those that are listening out there, this isn't just a hey, um, pick a play and we're just going to run it. Yep. That's, that's not how it goes on offense, right? There's so much work that goes into this on the back end. These offensive coordinators, these defensive coordinators are playing chess games. It's literally they play they play thirty games uh, in their head before before Sunday ever shows up. So I can tell you for like a Kellen Moore, you know, there's probably 300, 300 plays that he has on that call sheet. Every play is broken down to this is a first down call this is a first and five call this is a you know whatever you know you know first and ten call this is a first and long call these things are, are so broken down the statistics are so so fine or minute it's crazy um if you guys were ever to see it on the back end because there's so much data and those are the things that are going through their head on third down they blitz 67 percent of the time but if we bring in 11 personnel it drops down to 30 percent right so there's so many things that they're literally going back and forth with within themselves but before ever calling 
calling a play. And then once they call that play, now all of a sudden we can't be aggressive because if we don't secure the interior line of the scrimmage, we don't have time for Dak to sit back and throw some of these deeper routes and be more aggressive. So understand, people, Kellen Moore is really good. These guys have to take care of the, th- the things up front. And to your point, Rob, it was a first week without a preseason seeing what, this, what that defensive coordinator was going to do. So he had no idea, right, what the heck was going on. So some of that conservativeness came from, hey, let me sit and watch. Let me get a beat on this defensive coordinator. Let me see what his what his schemes are. Let me see what his tendencies are. So then I can start trying to figure it out. But they just never got their feet underneath him. So, Isaiah, do you mean that they are not drawing up these plays in the dirt? <laughs> Absolutely not. This is not the same. Awesome. Awesome. That's, that's good, man. But I think everyone was, I guess, I guess the complaint last week, uh, well, more Monday morning was we didn't see uh, the creative plays that we had been waiting for. And it was this whole mystery. What is the offense going to look like? And a lot of people thought that it was lackluster. I, I, for me, when I looked at it, I, I saw the offense try to get that motion. I saw the sprint option uh, plays as well that, that made a lot of sense. When you look at what the Rams were doing, man, they just had so many different formations in comparison to what we were doing in 11 personnel the majority of the time that it looked like we were not being creative. But I think it, the word for creative needs to be substituted with explosive. Mm. We're just looking for more explosive plays. And it's going to be all about the matchups. I would give some credence to what you said about not knowing what the defensive coordinator was going to do last week. Only to so much, right? Because we knew what we were going to do, and they had to beat us at what we do best. We just have to find that balance, man. Finding balance in our play calling and, and making sure that, look, we stay ahead of the sticks and just – Look for the matchup nightmares. And I think a matchup nightmare for Atlanta is going to be CeeDee Lamb versus uh, Denard. I can't mm-hmm. speak, say his, last, his, his first name. Yep. But he is uh, – he is their, he's their nickel guy. I mean, he had 10 interceptions since 2018. But I think that's going to be a matchup that we could take advantage of with our rookie. Yeah, there's some weaknesses back there, and I think the Cowboys are going to look to try and exploit some of those, much like how the Seahawks did in Week 1, and hopefully it leads to more success on the offensive side. I don't think there's any reason to panic whenever it comes to Kellen Moore and the play calling. It's Week 1. You have such a small sample size. Let's not be so quick to saying this coaching staff is the last coaching staff. It's a new era. Things are going to turn around. (laughs) And I got a stat for you. This will come out later in the week on Big Big Facts on DallasCowboys.com, but Mike McCarthy, after a season-opening loss, is 3-1. and one. The only time he didn't win after a season-opening loss was his first year as a head coach. He's won the last three times after opening, opening the season on the wrong side of things. So hopefully that gives you a little bit more rest. Hopefully he can help turn these things around and get back to even 500. But with that being said, when we come back... Is this a must-win for the Dallas Cowboys? Isaiah already said it was. I'm not so sure. We're going to debate about it when we come back here on Talking Cowboys. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. 
We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting Essilor usa.com Essilor see more do more we're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds it's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda let's take a listen Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here a new combo that's music to my ears okay let's play Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time pour it in a glass of ice Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you'll be seeing every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and find the perfect Essilor lenses for you. See more, do more Essilor. Guys, final segment here of Talking Cowboys. Kyle Yeomans, Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, and Rob Phillips has a stat for us because I don't think this is a must-win game based off of the fact that your division... It's still pretty weak whenever you talk about the Washington football team, the Philadelphia Eagles. Who's 1-0? The New York Giants. Yeah, they, they are 1-0, but it's because they played the Eagles, who had no <laughs> offensive line. Uh, so Isaiah already said it's a must win. Rob, are you with him in that regard? And what is your stat? Yeah, I'm with Isaiah because it's pretty, it's pretty damn close to must win based on the numbers. Based on mm. the numbers. According to USA it, it, USA Today, <laughs> since 1990, the team, since that was when the, the, the league expanded the playoff field to mm-hmm. 12 teams, 12.6% of teams that have started 0-2 have actually rebounded to make the playoffs. That mm-hmm. is not a good percentage, and that means that it's, it's about as close to must-win as it gets. Now, could they rebound? Sure, but you don't want to be on the wrong side of history, guys. So, Rob, so you're saying you don't want to go to Seattle 0-2? I definitely don't want to go to Seattle 0-2. And neither do I. I'm not saying I want any of that. (sighs) Isaiah, I mean, I'm waiting for your rebuttal here. I I mean, that's all I was saying. There was no rebuttal to what Rob said. Listen here. Uh, The Cowboys have absolutely everything that they need to have a heck of a season. Mm -hmm. That first game, 
as bad as we feel that we played or as, as, as we did not execute the way in which we needed to, correct? But we were still in a great position to steal a game. We still sort of stole yeah. that game, right? But we didn't, right? So we're 0-1. All right, so 0-1. Now we have the Atlanta Falcons coming in who are respectable on defense, mm-hmm. right? Probably more of a threat on defense than the team we just faced, right? And we didn't do too well Somewhat. with them. Um, and, but, there, but there's going to be a great opportunity for big plays because of the man coverage and because of their their, their chances of, of blitzing and taking risks, right? Um, but but then, you know, on the other side of the ball, you know, what do we do, right? What do we do in terms of stopping Julio and and all these other highly acclaimed veterans? So we're going to see, right? But if should we fall, right? Obviously, we all hope they win. But should we fall, you are going into the Seattle Seahawks who are looking like muy caliente. They have all their pieces for the most part that they've had over the past years that have made them a pretty doggone good team. And they actually have gotten better because they have probably the best safety duo in the league. And we're going into their home 0-2 oh potentially. It's not what you want to do. It's just, I'm just saying it's not what you want to do. So yeah. if you heard the statistic of going 0-2 and uh, your chance to come back to the playoffs. And Kyle, I heard you talking about how the Washington, this is not the Washington of the old. They got a heck of a defensive line over there. You got a great right? defensive so, um, line. I'm not nope. necessarily sold on the nope. rest of okay. their team, though. That's the thing. I, yeah, I, but but was anybody sold on the 49ers until about week four of last year? No, but no, that's but. a little there, different. There is though. always a team that that. Why is yeah. it different? What? Because of the all the Washington talent that they football had team on offense and off. Come on, man, it's not even comparable. Not not with I, the 49ers. I, you're probably no. right, but let's wait and see. <laughs> I, I just Garoppolo and no, that's hey. I, yeah. Look, confidence, hey, confidence is a heck of a tool. That's all I'm going to say. Let me, <laughs> let me say this, guys. What we did not do was sing happy birthday to the NFL. It's the 100th birthday <laughs> are, are of you the trying NFL. To, are because you, 15 guys met met in Canton. This is the reason why we're here. I just want to bring this in. This, 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 this is a escape tactic is what this yeah, is. Yeah, Heckma is the guy <laughs> who comes <laughs> in Come on, and dog. just Come tries on, dog. to let separate me everybody. Me, Come on, man. Like, that's what Heckma is doing right now. He face this question. Yeah, he doesn't want hey, to, to no, hear I this. It, I said it last week. Yeah. I said it last week. There is a real chance, right? Now, I'm not saying that this is a for sure thing, but there is a real chance that the Cowboys can start this year 0-3 mm-hmm. if they don't strap up tomorrow. I mean, they, they, and, uh, on Sunday. I'm sure there's a stat for that as well. A team that start 0-3 oh. that actually get to oh. the postseason. So oh. where is that, Rob? I'm sure you got that handy. I don't have under one. Your desk. You just pulled that one out, so I'm sure you got another stat, I don't, Rob. I don't, I don't have that one. And look, 12.6% <laughs> is not it's not the end. It's not 0%, but right. it's, it's not great. I could hear the stress in your voice, though. When it, when Isaiah was talking about Seattle, I, could, I you made a... <sighs> oh boy! Oh, and three. That's Ooh, weird. That would not be ah, man. right there. I can't because every every week, man, Isaiah puts his facts together, and that's what he does. He bogs you down with his words and the facts, and it makes you like wait second guess what you had. I'm not gonna let him do that to me because he's building the other teams up so big that you're like, oh my god, our guys are millions. Hey. Like, hey. come on, hey. I just don't feel that way about my team. But if we're talking about a must-win game. I'm a. I'm gonna agree with you guys. We have to win. This is a must-win game because the last thing we want on Monday is for yeah. the sky to be falling yeah. and we want to get chest. rid of it. Same get rid chest. of everybody. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, Atlanta is ours. We gonna have fried bird at 12 o'clock. On oh my gosh! Um, by the way, our fantastic Kyle, producer Kyle, is, in the is, back. Is this a must-win, Kyle? Uh, I don't. I don't think so, but it's a. Vi- I would say 
it's an extremely important game, and you you need to win it. But it's not okay. a must win. It's not one of those. If we if we okay. start zero and two, you're not making the playoffs. That's what I consider a must win. No, if, I mean it. Yeah, that's that's it's not a playoff game. Exactly, it's not a playoff game completely. It's but it's big. I'll, I'll leave it there. It's it's big. <laughs> 12.6 big. 12.6 now, okay, based big. off that of is. the 12.6, our fantastic producer in the back, Chris Beam, gave us the stat of 0-3 teams. 2%. Apparently, only six teams since oh, 1980 have actually reached the playoffs when starting 0-3. Here's the thing, though. The Cowboys, last year, if you remember, started 3-0 and and missed the playoffs. So wouldn't it only be right to flip that script and go 0-3 and then make the playoffs? I'm just I'm trying hey, for good karma don't, here. Don't, That's all don't I'm do doing. That. Don't do that. That's I'm don't I'm I'm that. looking for hey, good hey, karma. And, and Kyle, and just and just to give a little bit more backing to the reason why I say this is a must win. Okay. Yes, the division sucks a little bit, okay, but these guys are getting better. All right. But we're also guy we have to face the 49ers this year, the Baltimore Ravens, yep. the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Arizona Cardinals, who look like a doggone old school uh St. Louis team with, yeah. with all their with all their weapons they have right now. There's some games on this schedule, so we need to get off to a quick start and get these W's early so that you can account for mistakes later on. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I completely agree. It's not a first-place schedule, but it sure feels like one. Yeah, it's going to be – it'll be tough for, for the Cowboys, especially if they fall this week. We will give our predictions tomorrow, 9.30. Join us. It's the final weekday edition of Week 2. As we lead into the weekend, and hopefully the Cowboys come out with a win against the Atlanta Falcons at noon Sunday on Fox. But that's going to do it here for Talking Cowboys. So glad you've been with us here over the past 45 minutes. Join us tomorrow. Prediction Day here from the star. For Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Isaiah Stanback, and our great producer Chris Beam, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you tomorrow on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!